The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Are you seeking meaning beyond work and consumption? Does it sometimes seem that instead of God, money rules the world and runs your life? Welcome to Faith and Money, Making the Connection with Mike Little. We are exploring the many aspects of our relationship with money within the grounding of our faith, our money beliefs, our sense of security, truly loving our families and making a difference in the world. Now, here is your host, Mike Little. Hello and welcome to Faith and Money, Making the Connection. I'm your host, Mike Little, Director of Faith and Money Network. Many of us hold our relationships with family and friends as among the most precious parts of our lives, so deep and dear that we may not even be aware of the undercurrents created by money. How does money affect your relationships? Is money used to wield power over each other with the person with the higher income calling the shots? Or is money used to empower your life together as you recognize each other's contributions to the relationship and to the wider human family? Are money decisions in your household a source of friction? Or do you collaborate, bringing each person's creativity and perspective to the table when you make decisions? Is money a way of keeping score in your relationships, fueling a I-win-you-lose situation? Or is money a tool for you and your family to offer each other care and support, strengthening everyone for faithful action in the world? The ways we handle money together can help us build the solid, loving relationship God calls us into. All too often, though, money undercurrents are pulling us toward hazard. It's not hard to see why relating to each other around money is so difficult. Into each relationship... Each of us brings our own relationship with money, the history and the hang-ups we carry, the perspective and priorities that frame our decisions, the faith and the fear that motivate us. But most of us don't even understand our own relationship to money, much less each other's money framework and certainly not how our different money perspectives will interact. When you think about all the possibilities for misunderstanding and the exaggerated importance we often give to money, it's a miracle any relationship survives the pressure. Our guest today, Killian No, has been aware and intentional about money in her own relationships and seen the range of money dynamics in her work as pastor, fundraiser, and companion to many people along their spiritual journeys. Killian believes we can recognize the money dynamics in our relationships, work with them honestly, and create healthier frameworks to relate more fully as God intended, not only in our own families, but in the larger world as well. Killian is the founder of the Recovery Cafe in downtown Seattle. 
Killian, thank you for being here with us today to lead our exploration of this personal and profound connection between our faith and our money. Welcome. Thank you, Mike. I love being here. Killian, by way of introduction, would you tell us a bit about uh, your work at the Recovery Cafe these days? Yes. Um, Recovery Cafe is a community in which men and women who have suffered trauma, homelessness, addiction, and other mental health challenges come to know that we are valued and loved and that we have gifts to share. And we are in the process of of figuring out how to share the model of Recovery Cafe more broadly. That's great. I love, I've, I've seen some of, of your work, and I love the uh, Recovery Cafe's guiding principles. Would you say what they are and kind of how they came to be? I would love to. Um, the members came up with these guiding principles, and we reaffirmed them at the beginning of each new day because these principles are radically different from the norms of the dominant culture. So we, we need to stay steeped in, in these alternative principles. They, they are live prayerfully, show respect, practice compassion, encourage growth, give, and forgive. Those are some wonderful principles to live by. Killian, I I know you've worked with people as a pastor, a spiritual director. I know you've raised significant amounts of money for the ministries that you have founded, the Recovery Cafe in Seattle and uh, Samaritan Inns in Washington, D.C. before that. In the families you've spent time with, what are the key money issues you have seen people grappling with in their relationships? Well, Mike, you know, as as you and I have talked a lot about in the past, we live in a culture that equates money and power. And we take in the assumptions of the dominant culture with our mother's milk. So most of those most of the struggles I see in marriages are power struggles and are often related to money and to different perceptions about how um, money should be spent or shared, Um, different perceptions about money that each partner brings to the marriage. Most, Most couples I've worked with say they want equality in their marriage, Mm-hmm. But there is often an unequal power dynamic at play in in the marriage, and, and it's often related to money. What would be an example of that, of an unequal power example, how it gets played out in a marriage? Yeah, uh, well, one, you, you said it really, um, alluded to it really well in, in your introduction, but 
I think often the person who makes the most money, um, maybe without being fully conscious of, of it, assumes they have more weight when it comes to decisions about how to spend money or to share money or not share money. Um, for example, uh, a couple may agree that one parent would be the primary caretaker of the children and the other would work longer hours and make more money. But because money is power in our culture, the parent who makes more money assumes he or she has the right to will more power and and this unequal power dynamic inevitably leaves the parent doing the caretaking feeling that their role is in the family is not valued in the same way. And and that can create resentment and resentment is uh poison in a marriage. Um, there's also that unequal power dynamic in, in the case when uh, someone has inherited money. Um, so should that person, that partner in the marriage, have more power to make financial decisions because the money came from his or her family? Um Sometimes we don't even question the assumptions in our marriage and where they came from. And and sometimes we're not even aware of how we live out those assumptions. Do you... Uh, we've talked even in... Uh, we did a whole show on security. And I would wonder how that... How you've seen that play in to... Two marriages and um, in your work. Well, it's security is a really big issue. Um, the degree to which each partner equates money and security. Um, often, one partner in the marriage feels the lack of financial security, which in turn drives many of the family's decisions. And all, and and again. Sometimes um, we're not even aware that our need for security is driving our decisions. Um, As we know, no amount of money can make us truly secure, but, but that quest for security through money can take precedent over almost all the other values a couple agreed on earlier in their marriage or while they were dating. I I, I mean, one example is I know of a woman who was super successful in her job and and became the CEO of a company. And and then another offer to be CEO of another company came her way and it would pay more. So she took the job, even though it required her to live away from her children and husband five mm. days a week. Mm. I, I'm not saying whether that was right or wrong. I, I couldn't possibly make that call for anyone else. But I do think 
we have to ask, what was driving our decisions? What is driving our decisions? Is it money as power, money as success, money as security? And I think we need to always ask, is is our need for money as power or money as success or money as security, is it taking precedent over our deeper values? Hmm. Yeah. That's a that's a powerful example. Hey, uh, folks, we need to take a uh, a quick break. We're talking with Killian No uh, about uh, faith and money and our relationships. Uh, and stay with us. We'll be right back. We're on Facebook along with some of the greatest minds of the world, and that includes you. Visit us on Facebook at Voice America Empowerment. Follow the Voice America Talk Radio Network on Twitter. We're at Voice America TRN. You'll get the latest fix on what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and general happenings that you should know about at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Now you don't have to miss anything when you're away from your home or office. Just go to twitter.com forward slash Voice America TRN or follow along with us at Voice America TRN, the Voice America Talk Radio Network. We're on the cutting edge of social media. Can you keep up? Want the inside scoop about what's going on in the social networks of art and entertainment? Tune in to Star Power Hour, brought to you by 4talent.com. We'll talk to the top professionals in the entertainment industry and find out what they're working on and what's next. Your host is James Barber, who has his finger on the pulse of the arts and entertainment world. Star Power Hour, brought to you by 4talent.com, live every Thursday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. This is the home of the top life coaches, entrepreneurs, and success drivers. The Voice America Empowerment Channel. Listening to Faith and Money, Making the Connection with Mike Little. To find out more about us, please visit our website at faithandmoneynetwork.org. That's faithandmoneynetwork.org. Now back to Mike Little and this week's show. Killian, someone listening today may be thinking, I know money is used to wield power in my marriage, but I have no idea how to change that. Where could they start to address this potentially destructive issue? Good question. Um, Well, I think first they have to be able to talk about it honestly with each other. If they can't get honest without one or the other shutting down or exploding, then they need a third party to help create a safe space like like you do in money mentoring Mm -hmm. and like a good counselor might be able to help them do. Gotcha. I know in, in the, in our work here, I've, I've seen couples really struggle over something like how much to give to their church, for example, where one person feels tithing should be, 
first fruits, as they say, meaning you give your tithe first and then work out your bills. The other partner feels that's foolish rather than faithful, believing you take care of your family obligations first and then you give to the church. And it's not always a matter of one person being right and the other person being wrong. Uh, Can it just be a different perspective, a difference in where one person's heart is at the particular time, where one's priorities are that causes maybe a conflict around money? Do you have any thoughts or experience with that? Well, for sure, it's rare for both partners in the marriage to start out with the same understandings of how and when money is to be shared and with whom. In in one marriage, um, I worked with one partner, grew up in a family where tithing was the norm, and the other partner is intent on making as much money as possible and investing that money uh, so that they will have money to give away when they die. Now, that partner is driven by this notion that you have to have a lot of money to make a lot of money. So she didn't and doesn't want to give any of it away until she can no longer make money. And I I felt sad for her because I think she's going to miss all the fun. Yeah. It is fun, and it can be fun. We had uh, two, on a recent program, we had Judy and David Osgood share how much fun they've had. Uh, I remember over the over the years together, earning and giving money away together. And I'm wondering if you've seen couples find joy in collaborating around their money and what maybe what's possible for a couple willing to do that, what's required to get to that point. Can you speak to that? Well, uh, you know, I think both couples have to be working, doing their inner work. I mean, both in the couple, both partners in the couple right. have to be doing their inner work to to become aware of their assumptions and their attitudes that may drive their behaviors around money. And so awareness is huge. And um, I, I think I, I have seen a couple, a couple of our donors who are married, and they come to Recovery Cafe, and, and each of them spends time with a different member of Recovery Cafe, sort of in a, in a real friendship, developing a real friendship. And, and I, when I see them there, I feel it, it, it seems they're having the time of their lives, that they've decided to, to do this together, to not only invest money in Recovery Cafe, but also to invest their time and energy in developing a real relationship with a couple of our members. So they seem to be having the time of their life. Mm-hmm. Now you're a, a pastor. You've uh, also started a couple faith communities. And I'm wondering uh, what you think uh, the role uh, of faith is for a couple or a family in helping them work through the money 
related questions? Well, I I do think where we place or or find our sense of security is very much a spiritual issue. I notice um, there the trend is more and more to to have a prenup before you get married. And I understand that because um, the notion of what's mine is yours and what's yours is mine is um, a notion that makes you feel very vulnerable. And yet being vulnerable is necessary to surrender and and to let go of control and that is very much a spiritual issue whenever we're able to let go of of our our at least our illusion of control that is a spiritual issue yeah and i i really feel too that and i've seen this in in the folks i've worked with that having uh, a faith community a place where you can really be known and to know others and to that you trust so that you can get some honest feedback and give some honest feedback that seems to be vital i know it is for me as well yes you're so right about the the role of community mike because if you can start to make yourself vulnerable in in the context of a a small group within your faith community and th- then it it becomes more of the norm in your other relationships your your marriage it can actually if you've practiced that leading up to your marriage in some setting, um, then it's not as startling when, when you're, you find yourself married and, and these issues start to come up. Yeah, I know that there's been times, you know, there's a scripture about speaking the truth in love and having people in, in uh, your life that can do that, I, I can say has helped to save my, my marriage when I gone in saying how wrong I thought my, you know, spouse was about everything and they turn it back on me and say, no, Mike, it's you. You're the one that needs to do the work. It's not what I wanted to hear, but it's what I needed to hear. And it really, really helped. Killen, you have raised, I know, millions of dollars over the years to support Samaritan Inns when you were here in D.C. and Recovery Cafe in Seattle. And that has put you in touch with people of extraordinary wealth. And you've also spent thousands of hours at Samaritan Inns and Recovery Cafe with people who don't even have a roof over their head. What have you learned about money from those extremes? Well, I've learned that both the lack of money and having an unusual amount of money create isolation hmm. can can be very isolating i think people at the bottom end of the economic ladder are very 
isolated and and lack real authentic community and often people at the at the very top end of the economic ladder lack authentic community it it it's not a given but i i'm just saying i've 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 noticed that trend and i think part of it is oh and and I, what i've also noticed is the the two ends of the spectrum rarely meet in any authentic way mm. and i think it's um because the more the more money we have the more we tend to spend time with people who are just like us mm-hmm. and so we we don't know people who are coming from other realities i mean for example just one example we drive everywhere instead of take the bus so right. we don't run into people maybe who have been in this country a month and are uh, living a totally different reality. Hmm. Um, I've also noticed, though, that both in both people who have plenty of money and people who are extremely poor, there is a joy in giving and that when generosity happens, it creates community. It creates mm-hmm. connection. Mm-hmm. Both and both. And, and um, it's very, very, it, it meets a very deep need. Could you share a story or an example of that kind of generosity bringing joy and creating community. Yes, I could. Uh, one of one of our members. I, I'm going to use. I'm going to call her Mary, but that's not her real name. Okay. Um, she had lived on the streets for many years. Had suffered with an undiagnosed mental illness for most of her life since she was about twelve, and and. She heard voices, really torturous voices. And when she came into Recovery Cafe, she was able to get connected with uh, mental health care and and was able to to come to know herself as loved and valued. And in fact, she is one of the leaders now in our community. And. One day, just out of the blue, she received a check from some distant relative who had died. It was from the the relative's will, and it was a check for $10,000. And Mary just kind of was like, without even thinking too much about it, she just instinctively brought the check to... David Coffey to me and in our shared office and said, I I want this to go to Recovery Cafe to help other people who are out there suffering and lonely like I was. And wow. 
And I was just blown away. We tried to talk her out of it. We said, no, open a bank account. Be, you know, be responsible. <laughs> yeah. But she said, no, I, I want to give it because those people who are out there, they can't wait. Mm. Mm. I, I just, a, yeah. uh, she just inspires me so much. I can see why. That is a beautiful story. Hey, folks, we're going to take a quick break. Uh, Stay with us, and we'll be right back. Faith and Money, Making the Connection. Live up to your fullest potential. This is the Voice America Empowerment Channel. When you make decisions, do you ever find yourself in doubt? Are you trying to figure out what's right with you? Are you ready to truly change your life? Listen for the Access Consciousness Radio Show with the founders of Access Consciousness, Gary Douglas and Dr. Dane Heer. Consciousness is all about including everything and judging nothing. Our program will help you break free from your personal limitations and enhance positive change in all areas of your life. Tune in to Access Consciousness, Thursdays at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Empowerment. Ready for a unique two-show-in-one package? Check out Life's Journey with Tim Manson, the 7-Minute Motivator. On the one part, we're all about changing minds, one heart at a time. Tim will show you how to overcome struggles in your life and come out winning, as Tim is overcoming his struggle with MS. On the flip side, Tim will show you how the power and spirit of the horse and equine-assisted learning programs can inspire and empower you to take that winning edge to a new level. It really is two shows in one. Tune in every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Listening to Faith and Money, Making the Connection with Mike Little. To find out more about us, please visit our website at faithandmoneynetwork.org. That's faithandmoneynetwork.org. Now back to Mike Little and this week's show. Killian, I, I've heard you describe fundraising as a prophetic ministry. What do you mean by that? Well, uh, prophetic. Um, coming from prophet is uh, prophets speak the truth and in this case I, I at Recovery Cafe we, we try not to just ask someone for money but to speak the truth that that we are related to all members of the human family and so we invite people into relationships that they might not have had otherwise. And so speaking the truth in that case results often in a lot, a lot of joy, um, a lot of surprise, a lot of community. Mm-hmm. It's a caring not just for the people we serve, but a caring for the well-being of 
of the contributors and the people who who make it possible financially. So it's building a relationship there as well. It's not just pulling up on somebody and asking them for money. You you want the relationship. Definitely. I, I think it really is. I, I think everybody I meet is hungry for authentic community. From the people on the streets to the people who have the capacity to write a check for a you know, $100,000. Everyone in our culture seems to be hungry for authentic community. Mm-hmm. Now, I know most people uh, hate asking others for money uh, to even support the causes they're passionate about. I'm curious, do you, how, do you dread asking for money to support Recovery Cafe or... Um, but how do you handle, what else could you say about that? Well, sometimes I do dread it. Yeah. Uh, my husband and I laugh about, um, because he, in his work, he asks a lot of people for money, and we laugh that when people see us coming down the street, they jump into the bushes because they don't want to <laughs> run into either one of us. Yeah. But... So sometimes I dread it because I feel like uh, it has the potential to to distance me from people and drive them away from me. But when I'm more centered, I I really think of asking people for money as as inviting them into a deeper connection with the human family, and and I know there is great joy in that connection. So I, I feel like I'm doing the most loving thing I could possibly do when I invite someone to participate in the work of Recovery Cafe. It, I, I remember the funny story about uh, Gordon and Mary uh, when... Gordon and Mary Cosby. Gordon and Mary the, Cosby, yeah, and the they were on their way yeah. to lunch with Jim Rouse, and... Gordon said, you know, Mary, I, I think I'm going to ask Jim Rouse to, for money to pay for some legal fees that uh, their adopted son, Michael Murphy, had uh, accrued. And, and, and Mary said, now, Gordon, what on earth makes you think that would be appropriate to ask Jim Rouse for money when we have been invited to lunch by him. <laughs> and I'll never forget, Gordon said, well, first of all, Jim's an adult, and he could say no. Right. Secondly, I'm really detached from whatever his response is. I want to, you know, I want him to do what's right for him. If he says yes, and that's great. If he says no, that's not right for him. I'm totally fine with that too. And um, but thirdly, I think Jim Ralph actually might get a kick out of being more connected to Michael Murphy. It might be a really, really joyful thing for him. So I feel totally fine about asking. And and that's kind of where I come out. I as long as I uh, 
can um, stay detached and realize that if they say yes, great. If they say no, then I have to just trust that it'll be right for someone else to to support the work of Recovery Cafe. Right. It seems like you're always doing that. You're always inv- inviting folks to stand in the gap between the uh, between people of great financial wealth and people at the bottom of the financial ladder. Um, anything else you want to say why that is such an important, um, why that matters so much, bringing those two together? Well, I think it matters so much because, you know, we were created for community. We are part of the same human family whether we act as if we are or not. And and I I, I um, feel like we just cannot be the kind of society or nation or world that we were created to be when some of us have no opportunity to fulfill our God-given potential. When, when some are left out, the whole suffers, economically and spiritually. Even the economist says that this tremendous gap that exists between those at the very top and those at the bottom, is, it's not good for the economy. Right. And, and, I, and I, I believe with all my heart, I'm not an economist, but, but as a... Um, person who's concerned with the spiritual life, I, I can tell you that the gap is not good for us spiritually mm, Yeah, as a nation, as yeah, a world. I think that's right. I think that's right. Who has modeled this kind of crossing of both racial and socioeconomic boundaries in a way that inspires you? Well, I, I am... As you know, and others who know me well know, I have just—I continue to be inspired by the life of Martin Luther King Jr. and Nelson Mandela because they—they they didn't just fight for those being left out; they had compassion and concern. In in their case, they had. Um, compassion and concern for those who were perpetuating the injustice. Though they, you know, in the case of, of both, Martin Luther King and Mandela, they cared about the white people who were privileged in that um, the laws were written in their favor. They mm-hmm. cared about them as well as the people who were being left out. And and I just think that it has to, for a person to make a really profound impact in the world, they have to care about the whole. Yeah. They have to care about yeah. all of us. All of know? us. You know, most of us have all we can do just to relate to our own, you know, biological families and our small circle of friends. Um, how do we begin to move beyond that 
Any suggestions well, I, there? I, I think there's no easy answer to that, but I do think it comes down to relationships again. Mm-hmm. That we have to somehow, and I'm not saying I'm not saying it's easy, but we have to somehow find a way to develop relationships that cross those socioeconomic barriers, those racial barriers, those uh, religious barriers. Mm-hmm. We have to come to know each other as people in order to begin to to love each other. Yeah. Oh, we have to... Uh take a break soon but I want to ask you one more question and this has just been terrific Killian I I'd want to uh, let you have the last word here before we go to our break on how would we live if we really really believe that we were a part of this entire human family well I think we would have more of those relationships that cross all kinds of barriers and we would be so intentional about it that we would when we read the paper we would read about a piece of legislation and we would think only of our friend whose life will be affected by this Um, whereas before we might have only cared about rules that affect our particular kind of person, whoever mm-hmm. that happens to be. I also think we would decide what we need to be happy and even comfortable and then put a cap on our desire for more. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not saying this is easy, and I'm not saying I do it very well, but I do think that if we began to put a cap on this relentless desire for more and more and more, resources could flow through us, resources of time and energy and money, and more people would have what they need to fulfill their God-given potential. Mm, And I think that, in turn, we would know the deepest joy of true community and connection. Mm, Yeah. Killian, thank you so much for taking the time to talk with us today and for sharing your experience and uh, I think joy and hope as we really try to make this profound connection with our faith and our money and just want to thank you so much. Such a joy to be with you, Mike, always. Thank you so much. And folks, we're going to take a break and we'll be right back. on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. It's time to empower our kids so they can make the best decisions now and later in life. 
Listen for I Am For Kids Radio with host Mark Papadis. Mark is the founder of the I Am For Kids Foundation, which is a recognized 501c3 charity committed to revolutionizing elementary education in the U.S. Our show helps kids, teachers, and parents to realize the power of identity and help each of us decide who we are and our place in the world. I Am For Kids Radio is heard live Tuesdays at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Live up to your fullest potential. This is the Voice America Empowerment Channel. You are listening to Faith and Money, Making the Connection with Mike Little. To find out more about us, please visit our website at faithandmoneynetwork.org. That's faithandmoneynetwork.org. Now back to Mike Little and this week's show. Killian's insights have helped us explore how money affects our relationships. I especially appreciate her encouragement to relate not just within our biological families and smaller circles of friends, but to open our hearts and lives wider to become a fully engaged part of the entire human family. Out of her unusual experience with people across the income spectrum, Killian challenged us to bridge the gap between people who have the opportunity to fulfill their potential and people who don't. That is a powerful distinction. Not rich and poor, those kind of overused four-letter words, right? Instead, Killian defines the gap as being between people who have and people who do not have the opportunity to fulfill their potential. Don't you think that's what God wants for every one of us? to have the opportunity to fulfill our potential as God's created and beloved children. Let's take that challenge in our action steps this week. In addition to what Killian suggested, here are a few other places you might start. The dangerous money undercurrents in our relationships lose much of their power when we understand the relationship to money that we bring to our relationships with people. There's no better tool for gaining that understanding than Faith and Money Network's Money Autobiography, available on our website, faithandmoneynetwork.org. The Money Autobiography is a list of thoughtful questions to help spark and guide your thinking about your own money story. It will help you recognize your personal money history, clarify your emotions around money, Bring into focus your particular perspectives on money issues and become aware of why you react to money issues in specific ways. It's an illuminating and freeing exercise, an investment in your relationships at home and in the wider world. A second action step is valuable for all of us and especially for people in households where money is used to wield power in their relationship. In many families, the tendency, whether implicit or explicit, is to let decisions be made by the person that makes the most money, as if money buys the right to control. But money isn't the only way to contribute, is it? As a family, take an inventory of all the gifts and resources, not including money, that each person contributes to the household. Do you prepare healthy meals? Are you generous with encouragement? Do you keep the household connected to your church or extended family or neighborhood? Resist the temptation to turn this into a competition. That's not what this is about. 
The idea is to acknowledge how each person contributes to family and community life, deflating the assignment of power to income. It makes family members feel recognized and appreciated too, regardless of age and income, and don't we all need that at times? The third action step is a longer-term challenge. Find a way to spend time with someone in a different place on the economic ladder. It's not easy. Our lives are designed to segregate us by income. Perhaps you could volunteer in a shelter for homeless people regularly enough to really get to know one of the guests there. Don't just serve meals. Sit down at the table, share the meal, share some stories. Or get to know one of the lowest paid employees in your workplace. Or start just by taking time to talk to someone on the street whom you would normally walk right by. Panhandler, perhaps, or a street cleaner, meter reader. Ask them their name and tell them yours. Because being at the bottom financially can leave a person feeling invisible. Just asking their name can be healing for them and a reminder to us that we are deeply connected to all of God's children, even those unlike us on the surface. As you take one of the action steps this week, or if you want to talk further about money and relationships, please feel free to get in touch. My email address is mike at faithandmoneynetwork.org and our phone number is available on our website. I would love to hear your stories of challenge and growth as you make the connections between your faith and your money. It's been our intention today to provide you with some stories and questions, time and space, a safe space, to reflect on how money affects your relationships. That's the way we do all of our work at Faith and Money Network, asking questions together, providing some thoughtful stories and relevant resources, and opening up time and safe space for people to find the answers in their own lives and hearts. Making the connection between our faith and our money can be challenging, even when we have a community of faith in which to explore and talk and pray and struggle and learn. But alone, it's almost impossible. If you have a local faith community, we encourage you to invite others there to join you in connecting faith and money. We have a range of resources to enrich that community experience. Faith and Money Network offers spiritual retreats and topical workshops for groups, preaching and teaching for worship and faith education, and trips of perspective to see parts of the world through the lens of God's economic vision. I invite you to contact me to find out more about the unique content and approach of our programs. Our printed materials include an eight-week study guide of readings and thoughtful questions for individual or group study, as well as articles and pamphlets written by people who can share the wisdom and stories of long experience in making the connections between faith and money. What about for people who don't currently have a community in which to safely explore the connections between faith and money? If you're in that group, we would be honored to be your community for now. If you want to talk about the connections you're making between faith and money, please give me a call or write an email. There are no strings attached, and the conversation would, of course, be entirely confidential. If you want a longer, deeper conversation around issues of money and faith, we offer money mentoring, which Killian mentioned briefly today. Money Mentoring offers one-on-one conversations and spiritual companionship for people exploring faith and money. It's a remarkably effective tool for transformation because it's based in a relationship between two people on the faith and money journey 
you and someone who is just a little further down the same road. As in all our work at Faith and Money Network, money mentors don't provide answers for you. Instead, we provide dedicated time, safe space, listening spirits, long experience, and deep commitment to making the connections between faith and money. You don't have to be in Washington, D.C. area either. We often meet by Skype or phone, supplemented by occasional emails. Money mentors can help prepare engaged couples for the money issues that arise in marriage or walk alongside you through such life transitions as changing jobs or loving your aging parents. We can provide spiritual direction for handling a financial windfall or help you resolve the dilemmas of raising children of faith in our commercial culture. If you're exploring faith and money, yet don't have to go it alone. Let us walk beside you and support your journey. We invite you to learn more about us on our website, faithandmoneynetwork.org, and sign up to receive our newsletter by email. Let us know about your joys and challenges by sending me an email at mike at faithandmoneynetwork.org. We will be praying for your work and ask that you pray for ours as well. That's part of being community together in this adventure of faith. Thank you for sharing this time with us today. You are now part of the Faith and Money Network, joining together to live into God's economy of enough for all, of solidarity and of action grounded in love. Blessings on the journey. Thank you for joining us this week on Faith and Money, Making the Connection. Please tune in again next Monday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern Time, for another edition with your host, Mike Little, on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Take a step this week to let your faith shape your money choices. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.